first class. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously first class. <laughs> this is Aaron May. I'm John Henry Forster, and this is Awkward. Silence. Silences. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Awkward Silences. We are here, as always, or almost always, with a special guest. But this time, we have a really special guest. We have Bob Saris, our CTO. Welcome, Bob. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, You really sold it way too high. Uh, I'm not that special. Come on, Bob. Come on. Uh, You'll see. All will be revealed soon enough. And JH is here as well. I am, and I'm going to find a better way to answer this question at some point, but hello, Bob. <laughs> All right, so we got the gang. Uh, today, why is Bob here? Underwhelming Bob, why did we invite him to join this episode? I'll tell you. Today, we're going to talk about a research study the user interviews team did as a team together in real life. Normally, we work remotely, but a couple times a year we get together together in real life, in person. And we did a research project together. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we learned and hopefully we'll have a little fun doing it. Uh, So Bob, our special guest, you're a special guest because you have a hot take on the subject of this research. You want to tell us about it? Sure. Uh, So I guess I should preface this by informing anybody that can't see me right now uh, that I am over six feet tall. Uh, so I have a very strong opinion that, uh, you know, anybody that reclines in an airplane, uh, you know, should just get up and leave the airplane. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where I've realized that uh, it inconveniences me. So I can only imagine it inconveniences others. So I try to limit it as much as possible. Now, when you say they should get up and leave the airplane, what's the appropriate time to do that? <laughs> like in the middle of the flight or... <laughs> I mean, if they reclined all the way, any time in the flight works for me. Honestly, however they want to exit, they can. But, uh, but no, I you know it's mostly just uh, it's something that I guess I don't see the benefit compared to how much it annoys me. And so, just on an individual level, it seems like something that's just excessive. So the reason we were talking about this is we are all flying to Austin for this offsite we were talking about. And this is happens to be a real pet peeve of mine as well is seat recliners. And I am, as Bob has pointed out, not that tall. I'm five, five average, average height. And so my issue is, uh, the eye for an eye argument. If everyone reclines their seat, then the whole world goes miserable, you know, no miserable because I'm trying to work. I'm trying to sit. I'm trying to live my life. We all know we have an ever depleting amount of leg room slash, you know, lap room to begin with. You're eating into my already pathetic amount of space and you're leaving me with two pretty bad options. One absorb this lesser space situation or two create the same problem for my neighbor behind me who's never done anything wrong as far as I know. So this is a really bad situation. I have very strong feelings about it. Bob is on team morality, team be a good person with me. I wanted to see, you know, what does everybody else think about this? So we got to talking about it on Slack on our way out to the offsite. 
And then we, we end up there and we want to do, uh, the real, the real reason for this is that we want to do some team research. Jace, you want to talk a little bit about the goal of this research? Sure. I mean, we're a team that cares a lot about user research, obviously, I guess by namesake alone. And so when we get everyone together in person, we do want to make sure that research is a big focus and a big part of that week, since we don't get together all that often. And we have some people on the team who are in roles where they're not necessarily talking to customers, you know, every day or every week. And so we know that research can be like formal research can be a little intimidating in terms of knowing how to facilitate correctly, making sure you get good insights, because it's something we're actually trying to make a business decision on. And so there's some stakes there. So we thought it'd be fun to do research in a lower stakes way where we kind of do feet on the street, grab some random people at, you know, bars and restaurants and coffee shops and ask them if they've been on a flight recently and kind of dig into this topic. And I think what we found was that it was a, I think a lot of fun for everyone. And then B, everyone did get to flex some, you know, some research muscles. We, we made a real script. We came up with some learning objectives and things we wanted to dig into. We kind of did a readout with the whole group afterwards. So as a like team building slash like, easy way to get some people, some research reps. I think it worked really well on that front. I don't know if you guys had a similar impression. Yeah, for sure. I think the, or the original hypothesis was this is going to be a miserable experience for everybody. It's going to be super awkward approaching strangers and asking them to talk to you sucks, but we came up with a way to, I think, make it both fun and not so awkward and terrible. Um, but also get that experience of doing the research and come up with uh, some fun insights about travel as well at the same time. So win-win. I will say, uh, I don't know if we would have founded user interviews if we had been based in Austin, since the people of Austin <laughs> and especially University of Texas were so much more friendly than the, the people of Cambridge at Harvard University. Uh, you know, uh, it was, I was out with Dennis, our, you know, another co-founder of ours, and we were both like, what How? What happened that everybody is so much nicer here than they were in Boston the days when we were trying to do research then? So, um, but yeah, definitely, this definitely keyed in on, on a need that we knew, you know, existed when we created user interviews because talking to people on the street isn't always as pleasant, especially if you're in the Boston metro area. Right. And especially if you want to do a study with, let's say, a little more rigor than what we were attempting to do. We certainly had a lot of fun and we got some good qualitative data. In fact, this might be a good time to share some of the insights that we heard from uh, from the sessions that we did. Where did we do our session, JH? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Luster Was that Burl. a, what do you call it? A bar. Yeah, yeah we went bar, to the bar. Yeah. Some other people went to yeah, libraries so. and <laughs> universities. Okay. Now talk to me about seat reclining. Do you have any feelings about it? I literally never do it and I get very angry when the uh, stewardess asked me to put it up because it's never me that did it. It's Usually what happens is the buttons get broken and it just naturally does it. Um, and then people in front of me, I don't like when they do it. I don't know why it's even an option, actually. All right, good. Well, hang on. I want to get my, my uh, opinion on record since you guys have gotten to say that you're both uh, anti-recliners. Um, I think I'm going to do the product answer of, like, it depends. I think... Um, some reclining is generally okay. I think full reclining is pretty aggressive. I'll, I'll agree with that in a general sense, but, um, there's a lot of factors. Like if it's a red eye, I'm reclining, like I'm going to try to sleep and I can't sleep, you know, sitting up. If it's a two hour flight during business hours and everyone's trying to work, like I'm not going to recline because I know people want to use their laptop and stuff. So, um, I guess my hot take about the hot take is that we reduce everything to these binary polarizing choices. And I think there's, there's some shades of gray here. 
Yeah, but there are shades of gray, of course, but, you know, binaries are called for at times. And I, I think this is one of one of those times. Uh, but I think the real issue, if we really want to peel back the layers, is the airlines themselves pitting people against each other, making them make choices they shouldn't have to make when the real enemy is, you know, capitalism and greed and the uh, small amount of, of space that we have to begin with that's creating this terrible situation. Um, so... That's that's my real opinion, if you want to know. Yes, if we all had more space, this wouldn't be a debate. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so things what they things being what they are, uh, we live in a world with scarce resources. We have to make decisions. We have to live together in a society. We thought it would be fun to uh to see, even though Bob and I are clearly right about the situation, uh, we did want to see what other Americans thought. So we talked to a range of Genders, ages, body sizes, um, everyone lived in Austin, so we're definitely speaking to an Austin-centric audience, but no reason to believe Austin has a fundamentally different opinion about seat reclining than others, right? Um, and in addition, we thought it would be fun to hit up some bonus questions related to air travel etiquette. What was the most surprising finding to you guys? My hot take was that uh, I did not realize that anybody actually jumped over somebody to get to the bathroom uh, from the window seat. I assumed we put that in as a joke question, and we found somebody who that was their preferred method for getting to the bathroom if somebody was asleep next to them, which I found absolutely wild. Honestly, I will generally jump over them. Hmm. I don't know it's about other impressive. people. Yeah. Yes. I will try and climb up, and I've had what? a very, I've had a very high success rate. Oh, all right. So, nice. Yeah, it works for me. It's just I'm using my physique to my advantage. Just hug the seat and just you know, not Great. even a soul has complained about it yet. So. Have they ever woken up? Well, I guess I've just been lucky. Either they haven't woken up or they were awake at the first place. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself like a frequent flyer, but I've been on a lot of flights in my life, and I've never seen somebody try to pull the maneuver where they climb over the person next to them to get to the aisle. Um, so the well, fact no, that anybody that, was claiming that let's is clarify here. Are we talking about a jump or a step over? Is this a semantic? Is that all the same thing? Is that the same category? Are they literally, you know, like trying to. I guess some of it is semantics. Jump certainly puts a certain visual in my head, but even the step over, I feel like, is very rare. And the fact that we had a couple people say. Oh, I've. I've done the step over. Uh, yeah, interesting. Done the step over. There's yeah. just not a lot of room for error there. I feel like it's just <laughs> if you, you get caught do. in the act, it's a real situation. So stepping over, jumping is crazy. Uh, the thing that was most surprising to me was the consensus that quote everybody knows that the person in the middle seat owns both armrests. I thought this was this was a moment amidst this whole thing that really, you know, can bring out your inner misanthrope, uh, that people are fundamentally good when it comes to their understanding of armrests. And the logic goes, it sucks to be in the middle. You get both of the armrests. I've never heard this before. Makes a lot of sense. I love it. Yeah. So that, that should all follow a very specific rule. Everybody should know. Uh, window seat, you get the window and you get one armrest. Middle seat, you get both armrests. Okay. Aisle seat, you get one armrest uh-huh. and the you know a little extra leg room to stick out in the right, aisle. Right, right. And that there should be no like debate. Everybody should know those rules. Yeah, this one surprised me, um, but I agree with it. I think I don't have uh, I don't have any complaints with that logic. 
I definitely saw some show uh, where one of the the characters on the show expressed this opinion very, very strongly. Uh, and ever since, I've been like, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried to live by it as much as possible, especially since I am usually in the middle. Uh, I, you know, I live by, you know, in a way that the, only the middle can, which is to take both armrests. The most disappointing finding for me was there were a number of people, let me dig into my data here, but there were a number of people who said, hate reclining, not acceptable. Okay. Do you do it? Yes. Yes, I do. This was a, this was a response, at least three different people, I want to say of the 15 or so we talked to, uh, responded with. Was this surprising to you guys? I mean, I pay attention to the current political climate, so I guess not really. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it, it made sense because I've talked to human beings before, but it didn't make sense to me on like a logical mental level. Uh, I will say that I, I had a lot of issue with how we kept score because to me, those are people who are in team no recline Mm -hmm. because they agree that reclining is the work of the devil. Uh, but it seemed like the scorekeeper decided to put those in team yes reclined because they reclined. So I think that, that, you know, again, yeah. those people could leave the plane as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a retally. There's a few ways to tally the results here. Uh, the core question is, is it okay to recline? Not do you yourself recline, but it is an interesting side question for sure. I think it's tough, right? Is like you have a seat that like physically has this capability. Somebody built it in there and designed it into it. And there's a little button that you have and you push and it works, right? Um, but then there's also this social norms layer of you want to be respectful of others and we are getting jammed up back there increasingly, right? But like, it, it's like you can only have, like uh, our society is based on social norms. I'm not going to argue that, right? But like, this just feels like one that is so contextual and so dependent on so many things that I feel like we're better off if somebody just made a better default, like either took the recline button away from us or made them recline less. Um, I feel like this one might be too complex for like society at large to be trusted with. Yeah, I think that's right. And I did see an article that we'll be linking to that Delta is moving away from having the option at all. I want to say. I think it was, they were just letting you only go back a a few, like a few degrees or something. Okay, so they're taking the JH mantra of 20 degrees being okay and rolling with that. Yeah, I mean, like, right, it's like, it's a reason that, like, at a busy intersection, you tend not to have, like, a four-way blinking yellow light and just being like, people will, like, figure it out because we'll trust each other and stuff. Like, it, it's serious places you need, like, the, you need, like, the stoplights. Um, if it's, like, you know, ba- you know, a low-traffic country back road, maybe you can get away with, like, the blinking yellow or whatever. But at some point, I think we just need to, like, have this forced on us. I guess I just wish that people could figure it out. Hmm. That's the world I want to live in, where where I can trust my fellow airplane passenger to recline in a reasonable way. That's why I'm on team no recline, because I understand that that's how the rules should be. And that's why, you know, I, I don't recline and why I, I get mad when people recline on me. The uh, key question is, what are your personal opinions on sea reclining? Sea reclining? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, can you can you dig into the God no response? No, because can you elaborate? like, well, I mean, like they've made everything small, and like, I know the person behind me doesn't have room, and the the flight's two hours long. Like, surely to God, you can stand up, like sit up straight, and not invade someone's space. 
like behind you, you know? Like it just feels rude. It's just that I'm not outraged when someone in front of me reclines their seat because it's, it's tiny. So you need every single inch you can get. So I get it why people recline. It's perfectly normal. It's why they put it in there. Is the, what is the reason that you don't usually, that you never recline? Is there like a, um, I don't do you have a be in other people's dogma? space and like it's already small enough as it is. Uh, so Bob, closing thoughts, co-founder, getting the team involved with some research. Um, how's it been going with research at UI and uh, how to go in Austin from your perspective? Yeah, I will say uh, one of the things I remember when, you know, whenever we do the offsite, it's always kind of a back and forth about what is the purpose and what is the goal of it. Um, you know, as a remote company, we obviously very strongly believe that you can work as effectively and as productively in a remote setting as you can in an in-office setting. Um, so it's always kind of like, oh, cool, we're all here. Like, we should do all the things you can only do when you're all there. But of course, you know, at our core, we believe, oh, like, we could do everything remotely. Uh, and we've obviously shown that to be pretty true. Um, so what I really liked about this experience was, you know, it did get people into smaller groups so they could definitely socialize in a more, you know, intimate uh, setting. Um, and then I do think that it was cool to kind of choose something that we did that is tied to our company. Uh, I know that when my group was walking back to the hotel from our interviews, we really dug into kind of, you know, the one of the, depending on who was talking, we would sway the, uh, the interviewee one way or another and kind of talking about how that happened and thinking about best practices, even though none of us are actually on, you know, any, you're not doing research in any professional realm. And it was very cool just thinking about the industry we're in, in that way. Um, even if it, you know, wasn't exactly scientific, you know, we were just going up to people. We had a tall person saying, Hey, do you recline in airplanes with a mean look on their face? <laughs> um, so I think that, but it was really great. It was, it was really great trying to like figure out these problems that, that our customers do have um, in a very, very real sense you know, also getting to the heart of, you know, what we said earlier was the original concept that kind of got us into this, that doing research sometimes can be really hard and, and finding the people to do that research with can be really hard. And that's obviously something we tried to solve with user interviews. So it was just very cool getting all the angles of research in what took about an hour um, of time for all of us. And again, getting that social aspect the, the one thing that, you know, as a remote company, you really can't do is get that full fledged, you know, person-to-person uh, interaction that you can get when you're in person. Awesome. Jay, any closing takes, words of wisdom? Um, no, I mean, I think I thought it was a great, uh, both like team building exercise, like a chance to socialize, like Bob was just saying, but also like a really good way to, you know, let people do research and see what it's like and learn a few things without any real consequence other than, you know, some, some in jokes and stuff after the fact. But um, so, you know, for product teams out there or development teams or people who maybe don't do research a ton or marketing teams, I know we see it more and more there. Um, we definitely suggest like thinking about maybe a, a divisive topic that's kind of fun and flippant within your team and getting out and grabbing people for over the course of an hour and debriefing on it. Um, it's a, it's a surprisingly good way to kind of test the waters and, um, you know, have some fun and learn some stuff. So I was glad we did it. Fantastic. And if you are listening now and have an opinion on seat reclining, we would love to hear it. Bob and I are just waiting for critical mass to agree with us so we can, you know, 
get that message out there. Cool. Uh, how about taking shoes off on flight? No, no. Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh, so many people's feet smell so bad. It's <laughs> terrible. And on like an eight hour flight. So, do your shoes always stay on as well? Yeah. So your feet smell? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Jess. What about uh, taking your shoes off on the flight? How do you feel about that? That's gross. Have you ever done it? No, no. No? But I wear, like, really comfortable shoes all the time. Okay. But um, it's just... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't ever forbid it, but that's pretty gross. I'm not interested. Given you prefer the window seat when you've got to pee and the person oh, God, in your in row is sleeping, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what do you do? Just don't pee on flights. <laughs> or just, like, yeah. just hold it. <laughs> you don't wake them up. But, I mean, yeah, like, if I have to, but, like, that's, like, the last thing I do before I get on the plane is go to the bathroom. Because, like, yeah, just So you don't put it yourself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. 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 anxiety of, like, making someone else move like, not even worth it. <laughs> Do you have any pet peeves when you fly? Like people who other stand up the moment the plane stops. Like you're in the back row. <laughs> Unless you plan on crowd surfing over everybody, you're not gonna get out. Like just sit down. Like I know we all want to stand up, but like you're six foot tall and you're like hunched over because the thing's so low. It's like no. stop standing up. What's your opinion on who gets to use the armrests? Thanks for listening to Awkward Silences, brought to you by User Interviews. Theme music by Fragile Gang. Editing and sound production by Carrie Boyd.